All right, another day, another Locked On Syracuse podcast brought to you by Built Bar, of course. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase of Built Bar. So another day, another podcast, and more football commits to talk about. This is an absolute heater for Syracuse football right now. Five commits in the past week, two just yesterday, Ty. Derek McDonald commits. We'll talk about him in a second. And also Kendall Long, the wide receiver from South Carolina commits. So, I mean, these orange emojis are just going out rapid fire right now, and I'm loving it. I'll tell you what, they're not Tennessee uh, emojis. This isn't the Tennessee (laughs) coaching staff putting out these commits right now. No, this has been a a great little run that Syracuse has gotten on, and they're doing a lot of the shoring up on the defensive side, which I think is really important for this team moving forward because – that was kind of the, one of the weaknesses last year. Again, offensive line also struggled, but the defensive side, now you're bringing in a new defensive coordinator. Let him get his guys in, okay? Get guys that fit his mold. And I think that's what this team has largely done so far in the early going. Yeah, we actually just wrapped up an interview talking to one of those guys, Hayden Nelson, who is a listener to the podcast. He reached out to us. Shout we had out. him on the show. And it was a great interview. Really nice kid. Talked a lot about how he's improving his technique and things he's working on, what the coaching staff sold him on, the virtual tour, which I think you and I were very excited to talk to him about. But that'll be dropping tomorrow, Thursday, and then it's a two-part interview also on Friday. So be sure to check that out. Great interview with Hayden Nelson. And when Hayden Nelson came out, we had to do our social media sleuthing to try and figure out. He confirmed it. He kind of tipped his cap to us. Yes, he did. I appreciated that. And, you know, we take pride in that. And it's actually, I'm a little disappointed. This is sort of a foolish nitpick here. But when Kendall Long, we we saw that, you know, Kramer Cook and the guys were tweeting the orange emojis this morning, um, back on Tuesday morning, of course. And then it was like only a couple hours. I've kind of enjoyed the time of trying to figure it out and do our social media sleuthing just because we're in quarantine and there's nothing better to do. But I will say I'm very excited about Kendall Long. Just start with his measurables, and I think there's a lot to be excited about. 6'3", 215. This is a three-star guy from Lexington, South Carolina. Becomes the first wide receiver in this 2021 class. No Power 5 offers, but when you look at his tape, and I know we keep saying this, he really is a very solid player, and his measurables seem to be very, very appealing, of course. He does have a good offer from ECU as well, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, Akron, all pretty good non-Power 5 teams there, and I trust what Dino sees in him. I I was pretty impressed with this tape. I like the fact that, I mean, the size and the dimensions of him. 6'3", is about as ideal as it gets for an outside receiver, and with Kendall Long... This is a guy who can go up and get it. He's got a little speed to him as well. 4-5-40, so that's always desirable on one of your outside guys. On his tape, a lot, a lot of those tunnel screens, bubble screens, yeah. I don't know if it's something where his high school coach, maybe I don't know what the confidence level in the quarterback is, but it seems like they want to get Kendall along the ball, whether it's running some of these wide receiver sweeps or getting him the ball on screens. A lot of it is shown in in short capacities of getting him the ball, but then he stretches those plays into big gains. And he uses his speed. He's got some strength on on him. He can really bully some guys too. So I like what I see out of his tape so far. 
Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. It is a lot of tunnel screens and bubble screens, and almost like the way Syracuse handled Tristan Jackson at times this past year. But then you look at him, and he's 6'3", 215, and you watch him go up for a fade route, and that's what really gets me excited because he could be a goal-line threat, someone you could lob the ball up to with that size, kind of Jamal Custis, Steve Ishmael as size. Yeah, Ishmael's a good comp there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it, I do see a lot of Ishmael in his game, and I love that he is showcasing the ability to high point the ball as just a junior. And keep in mind, like this is an odd time to be recruiting. It's an odd time to be committing. It's an odd time for everything, of course. But Syracuse is going out and pinpointing guys without camps necessarily. And I think in a weird way, it might benefit the coaching staff and the Orange overall because they are good at identifying just based on a tape. And I think they've been good at locating players in the past, and then all of a sudden they get bigger offers, and maybe you run into some problems. Maybe the big-time schools aren't looking at a kid like Kendall Long because they look at his ratings on the surface, which he's a pretty average three-star guy. Maybe that's not going to draw huge names, but Syracuse is willing to look into him, do the research, and I do trust that this coaching staff has a good eye for talent. You got to tip the hat to the scouting department and what they've done during this whole quarantine period because I think that is an important thing you bring up. All of these summer camps where guys really see their stock improve, whether it's the these opening or the Elite 11s and stuff like that, those are all pretty much out the window now. You're not going to see a lot of guys take these huge stock up rises over the summer because there's nothing to use to boost your stock. I mean, showing what you can go do on a turf field next to your house only can can increase your value so much. That doesn't mean you're not getting better, but it's not going to resonate as much with the coaching staff as a, a camp or getting you in for a, a summer camp or a visit would help these guys. And for Dino Babers, that could be a really good thing because – Yeah, we've seen him go into some recruiting battles where he eyes some talent early on and then some other schools come calling. I mean, he's fended off a good amount of them too. You think of the battle he had with Michigan for Ifatu Malafanwu when Jim Harbaugh came in the mix late. Tommy DeVito, that was a grueling battle when all these different Power 5 schools, SEC, Pac-12, they came calling for this guy late in the process and Dino held him off, but... For every one, two of those, there's a handful of others who they see a flashier name or they let another coach come into their home and they get swayed by that pitch. So it happens. And again, there's not much you can do, but this time around, I mean, those visits aren't happening. Those camps aren't happening. This could ultimately really help out Syracuse football and their recruiting because they they aren't going to be getting all that external pressure these coaches probably yeah. aren't going to be watching these guys play again until their high school season, okay? Right. And at that point, the process is pretty late. I mean, we're talking about months away from signing day, and it, it's tough to to win that battle and overturn a guy, especially one that's already committed. I know this is kind of the optimistic way of looking at it, Homer radio, whatever, but I, I used to really buy into ratings. Not really, but... You know, I would look at Syracuse's recruiting class and compare them to one another just based on ratings a lot. And you can get into that trap, so to say. But when you really look at the tapes of these guys they've committed, like we were blown away by Josh Huff's tape. 
And Kendall Long was the same way. Like, you you leave watching his tape, and you feel very good about the player that Syracuse just got. Hayden Nelson, who we talked to, same type of thing. And I feel like for a program like Syracuse especially, given where they're at right now, they're not going to reel in a four-star, at least not more than two or three a cycle at best. And that's what we've seen under Dino. And they didn't even really technically get a four-star last class. And I think sometimes... You look at it and you say, where's the progress? We got a 10-win season and we can't even get a four-star. Like, you think you'd be able to get it at wide receiver. There's been history there, maybe defensive end. You could go down that road, but for a program like Syracuse, they you have to look at the tapes. You have to look at the offer sheets. You have to look at these players like with more research because it's hard to distinguish a three-star. There's a lot of different levels of three-stars, and the ratings can only be so good. I mean, 24-7 Sports does a great job, but they can't get up-to-date ratings and even up-to-date weight and height on every single player out there. It's just not possible. So there's something to be said about the fact that every time I've looked at a tape during this virtual tour quarantine period where they just keep reeling in recruits, I felt pretty good about it. Right. And here's the thing with rankings and stuff, especially for football, maybe not as much for basketball since there's only five guys on the floor. But how do you compare an offensive lineman to a cornerback? Right. But yeah, we're still going to bunch them all into the same overall ranking. I mean, they're ranking thousands and thousands of kids. What's to say offensive lineman number 40 is this much better than cornerback number 60? Who knows? I mean, for all we know, cornerback 60 is much better than offensive lineman 40. It's all a a giant crapshoot. And I know there's rankings, there's ratings, and all that stuff. I I, I don't like to divulge too deeply into them on the football side of things because there is so many different players across the country, and there's so many different positions. I mean, think about your starting lineup. All right, you've got 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and then a, a, a hodgepodge mixed in to special teams. Some You're picking some guys from each side of the ball, and then, of course, you've got your kicker, your long snapper, your holder, all that stuff. There's so many right. different roles on a football team, okay? And when you, you boil it all down, I mean, it's so tough to rank different guys from their position. Now, obviously, the, if there's an offensive lineman who's just a stud – he he's he's probably going to be a lot better than cornerback number number seven or or eight. But at the end of the day, it's so hard to to line all these guys up and order them. It's just it, totally. it's impossible. It's an impossible job. It's already impossible to project as it is. Okay. Right. Now now to I mean that's an art in and of itself. And now you're trying to do that with every single high school player in the country. It, it's it's a mere impossibility. Yeah, I totally agree. So Kendall Long, South Carolina wide receiver, 6'3", 215. One of two guys to commit officially to Syracuse yesterday. The other guy, Derek McDonald. Our social media sleuthing was on point with him as well. It took a little bit of time, but he came out on Tuesday morning. We'll tell you about him. He's listed as a defensive end slash tight end, but it looks like he's not going to play either of those positions when he comes to Syracuse. That's next. All right, Ty, time for our Built Bar flavor update of the day. I guess we can start calling it that for now because we're diving through these Built Bar boxes that were sent over. Got 16 different flavors to go through, all very tasty, and I think I found my favorite. I know I probably said that 
like two days ago or three days ago, but I tried the orange chocolate cream today. And I know you're not a big flavor with the chocolate guy, but I'm telling you, we can't overstate it. The taste in these protein bars for Built Bar, it's really, it's like nothing I've ever tasted in a protein bar. These things are unbelievable and it's kind of funny. I think this is gonna be a recurring theme where when we get sent a box of every single flavor of Built Bar, then we're just gonna have a new favorite flavor every single day because yesterday my favorite flavor was the raspberry chocolate cream and it completely changed my life, changed my mind on the chocolate <laughs> fruit contrast. So there's more flavors too coming out on the way as well. And I think I saw that there's a cookie dough coming as well. Yes. And cookie dough, I, cookie dough anything I will eat. So I'm very excited oh, yeah. for when that all comes out and comes to fruition. I, you never think like, okay, orange chocolate cream protein bar, that's gonna taste good. Maybe some people listening are, are questioning it, but I'm telling you, you gotta try these Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase. Again, go to the website BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. All right, so mystery recruit number two we now know about. It's Derek McDonald, as we guessed, 6'4", 215 Another pounds. Another social media sleuthing victory yes, for us, Tim. That's two what, for two. two on the week, yep. Right, I mean, that's that's 100%. Doesn't get any better than that. 100% committed are these kids, and we're 100% on the social media sleuthing. So props to us. But I, I will say, doing some social media sleuthing and research on his position kind of gives you some mixed answers. It's still kind of a mystery what position he's going to play. About a week ago, it sounded like it was tight end. He was kind of saying that in interviews. Then once the article comes out today that he sort of tagged in his commitment tweet, it's on Rivals.com, written by Chad Simmons, the recruiting analyst. He quotes him. It's got a ton of very good quotes in here on why he picked Syracuse, been a big fan of the ACC, got the virtual tour, learned a lot about the school, really liked it, great relationship with Tony White. And he says about Tony White, he has been recruiting me hard and he feels I am a great fit for what they are looking for at outside linebacker. So he's listed as defensive end slash tight end. He says Tony White thinks he's a great fit for outside linebacker, but then Ty, you saw an article from Stephen Bailey that kind of made right. it seem like maybe he's defensive end. Yeah, then in this article, it says, the Orange McDonald said views him as a defensive athlete who will grow into an end in White's 3-3-5 system, which means bulking up from the 210 pounds that he played at. So it all sort of mixed signals here, especially when you look at his tape. Most of his highlights are at the tight end position. And yeah. that's why I find that whole thing interesting. But again... It always helps to have, well, not just defensive flexibility, but flexibility in general. This guy can clearly play both sides of the ball. He's wanted on both sides of the ball. Seems like he's definitely going to be on the defensive side, but even the position where he plays on defense is still up in question. However, you do like having options, and that's something that Syracuse clearly has now with Derek McDonald because he's got that flexibility. I mean, we talk about multi-sport athletes all the time on this podcast, and that's something that Dino Babers really likes in his in his players. This guy's a basketball player. He's big, 6'4", yeah. 230, and he can give you a bunch of different things. And playing other sports helps with your flexibility in other sports. So he can, he can definitely get after the passer, 
And, I mean, you could even see him drop back in coverage a little bit. He's He can kind of do it all for you on the defensive side. And in a 3-3-5 where it seems like you really want that versatile st- style of player, that's going to be a huge thing for a guy like Tony White bringing in Derek McDonald. Yeah. He's a football player who committed to Syracuse and is going to play some position. We, we know that so far. Yep. And I'd say tight end would be great. I think I feel less He's likely that that's going to happen. From what I saw on his reel. Yeah. Too. He, he had a lot of yeah. blocks on there. And he, he does just fit the mold of what they're looking for in a defensive end as well. If he adds some weight, because you see, you mentioned 230. I've seen like 215 and. This is something we kind of talked about with Hayden Nelson, like that weight, you know, you, it it fluctuates for guys, especially when you're playing basketball too, and you're like him and you're running up and down the court, that might drop you down. And then for football, you might pack it back on. So who knows? I, I think if he wanted to be a defensive end, if he added a little bit more weight, he'd be right around what Hayden Nelson is and, and kind of that perfect weight for what they want in the three three five and what they're looking for in terms of adding more height onto the line to compete against those ACC offensive linemen. So Derek McDonald from Atlanta, Georgia, played at Marist, which is a pretty good school down there, a 4A school, tough competition, said he was down to strongly considering UConn and Harvard, which was kind of surprising in his final decision. That's what he told Rivals.com before he chose Syracuse. Again, the offer sheet isn't going to wow you and maybe you see UConn and Harvard and oh congrats Syracuse you beat him out but another guy I I know I sound like a broken record that I watch his tape and I'm impressed I mean this is a kid that I think a lot of his highlight tape is tight end and that really impressed me and I kind of got excited about that prospect we'll see where he falls into but the bottom line is he's got good measurables he's a strong athlete and he definitely is a good ad at this portion of the class. Here's my whole thing when you look at his offer sheet and, and why it's a little bit different than other offer sheets. Because you and I like to say all the time, when you look at a Syracuse prospective recruit, the schools you see on there, you see BC and then a ton, pretty much the entire Mac, right? Yes. <laughs> this is different because it's Syracuse and then you mentioned UConn. But then there's a bunch of Ivies on there. I think I saw Dartmouth on there, Princeton as well. It's tough to turn down an Ivy League education, especially from maybe the the pressures you may get from your parents. Hey, you, you could get, and I know the Ivy does their scholarships a little bit differently. I don't know if they fully guarantee all of the scholarship, but you're getting reduced cost to an Ivy school. That's tough to turn down. And because, again, a lot of these guys who Syracuse brings in are not going to play at the next level. And and this isn't just a Syracuse thing. This is an every school thing. Most guys aren't going to play at the next level. So you have to think about life after football, especially since your football career could be over in a heartbeat. And when you think about life after football, that Harvard education, that Princeton education, that can take you a really, really long way. And... On top of all that, to to then go on and pick Syracuse over a place like that, it kind of says something about how this coaching staff operates and how they really wow you with the whole family aspect and bring you in. And especially it's, it's impressive to me is that Derek McDonald 
recruited without meeting a coach in person. I mean, that was one of the highlights that I took away from reading Stephen Bailey's yeah. article on Syracuse.com. And I guess that's kind of the new normal now in this era that we're in. But that that really wowed me. And for Syracuse to go out and take a guy away from an Ivy like that, 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 was, that was pretty impressive. You know, they're really just seizing the moment here in this virtual tour season. I thought a quote from this Rivals.com article that was interesting. He said, uh, this is Derek McDonald, of course. He said, I'm a little surprised at the timing because I really thought it would happen later after visits. But the more time I had to think about it, things sped up for me and I made my decision. So clearly he was drawn to Syracuse. I'm sure he did the virtual tour thing like everyone else. He even mentioned that in this article, learned a lot about the school, he said during that. And, I mean, I don't know if they're just putting together a better virtual tour than these other schools. It's It seems like everyone that is committed, though, has raved about this virtual tour, and maybe it's the reveal of Coach Babers at the end and, and all that. But this is a different era that you have to adjust. I mean, if you're – this is where you earn your money as, as a coach because you're adjusting with the times. You're throwing a curveball here. And I feel like this Syracuse staff, to complete the – the analogy is, is hitting a home run here. Yeah, they're doing a good job adapting to the times and just, I mean, kind of like what Derek McDonald brings to the field, being versatile and going and showing that you can connect with these kids because, I mean, being digital is so important. I mean, think think of the jokes that, I mean, both you and I, Tim, make about our dads and maybe not being the tech savviest <laughs> of, of human beings, yeah. right? I mean, to... to to be able to have someone who I guess is considered your superior, your boss, and he just kind of gets that stuff, it, it doesn't seem like much, but it means a lot. <laughs> I mean, to work yeah. with someone who's tech savvy, I, I think is always, and just kind of gets you as a kid, even though there is a 20, 30, sometimes 40 year age gap, that that definitely says a lot. One more thing I want to hit on with McDonald. So his head coach down at Maris is this guy named Alan Chadwick, who's been there over 30 years. I think he's actually coming up on 40 years down there. And he told Stephen Bailey that he can't speak more highly of any player he's ever had than Derek. And to me, that said a lot because this guy was Sean McVay's high school coach and kind of mentored McVay. And he's also coached five other NFL players most of which were undrafted free agents that ended up having decent careers in the NFL. Will Heller, who was a tight end with the Lions for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Manley, who was a long snapper for the Bears. He he had a long, long career, but he, actually he was drafted, I think, in the sixth round. But still, you're talking about guys who really have to fight their way to earn what they get, to earn their roster spot in the NFL. And for him to say that, he can't speak more highly of anyone than Derek when he's coached five guys who have fought and clawed their way to the NFL. I think that kind of says a lot, and it really says a lot about what he can become, too. This is a guy who's going to fight his way, and who knows, maybe he does end up on an NFL roster one day. Yeah, that is high praise. That's a good quote you found there. So. Syracuse football, the gift that keeps on giving in this quarantine time, at least on the recruiting side of things. Georgia, I guess we'll call him an athlete. That's just what I'm going to stick to for now. Derek McDonald, the athlete, tight end slash DN slash outside linebacker, commits to Syracuse. It's now five in the past week, two just on Tuesday. And 
Maybe there'll be more coming in later on in the week, but we do have a fun chat tomorrow with Hayden, so be sure to check that out if you're into Syracuse football recruiting. That's a two-part series. When we come back, though, dive into some basketball talk. Bayheim's Army adds a new player, Demetrius Nichols. We'll look back on his Syracuse career and maybe what he could bring to Bayheim's Army. All right, so another update to the TBT roster. Bayheim's Army, of course. Who knows if they're going to play, but still revealing the team kind of player by player each week. And Demetrius Nichols is the guy that was added by GM Kevin Belby in that group this week. And I got to work with Demetrius a couple times uh, this past season. He's kind of transformed in the later part of his career, trying to go down the broadcasting route a little bit. And a super nice guy who really has a cool story given kind of where he's come from and and how he's now determined to become a broadcaster and actually got a lot better. I'm sure a lot of people saw him on some of the Syracuse uh, exhibition games earlier on this year, and he was doing some good work for SU there, but actually had a speech impediment originally, and it's a really cool story about how he's transitioned into broadcasting, obviously played overseas for a while, and honestly, the more you look back on his Syracuse career you kind of like, he's one of those guys that just was really impressive, really steady, scored a lot each year, really blossomed as an upperclassman. But, I mean, he's all over the three-point record books and maybe even a player that's a little bit undervalued in terms of Syracuse history. Yeah, knockdown shooter, which is always important in TBT, especially when you, you maybe get down at some point or especially with that target score, that's such a big thing. You you look at it and, okay, you need three points. This is a guy that can effectively end the game for you right here. Didn't play last year with the team, but he is a guy who has played a number of times on this roster. I think this he's played this will be his third year with the team. So he's someone yeah. that brings some experience to this tournament, knows the format, knows just the competitiveness. I mean, these are guys that are playing for $2 million, okay? <laughs> That's competitive basketball. I don't care what you say. Yeah, totally. I mean, he he actually, I think he hit a game winner or a target score winner one year in this tournament that I seem to remember. I could be slightly off on that, but I feel like I remember him doing that. And it's funny, last year, he was the color commentator. Uh, I think it might have been Brent Axe or Brian Higgins. One of the two was calling right, the games yeah. now that you're for saying, radio. Yeah. I believe it was yeah. Higgins did it with, with uh, Demetrius Nichols. Yeah, yeah. That sounds all right. Yeah. yeah. So, and now he's gone from, I mean, he's obviously played before, but he's, he was color commentator last year. If it goes on this year, he'll be playing. He made 205 threes in his Syracuse career. That's sixth all time. First team, all Big East player, his last season. Actually, his last season would have been potentially that Kevin Durant year, which we sort of played the what if game a little bit earlier on with Eric Devendorf on that team as well. What could have been, but he... He kind of filled in nicely for Akeem Warwick once he left and then had to take a, a big step, I think, going from his sophomore to junior season, if I remember correctly. One of the two, he had to fill in for Warwick. And just an underrated player looking back on it, another good addition to this Bayheim's Army team. You got Malachi Richardson, Tyler Lydon, Brandon Trish, and Eric Devendorf, and now Demetrius Nichols to make up the five so far. And we keep saying it, but that's a great start if, if this tournament does go on. 
I like the blend of experience and youth. I mean, this this really does remind me of that 2016 Final Four team, right? You've got some crafty veterans, especially at the guard position, that know their way around the tournament and stuff like that. You've got Devendorf and Trish, who are guys who, I mean, they're kind of like your Benajay and Cooney, just a veteran presence who knows what it takes to win. And then you got some of your young bucks who were actually on that team too in Leiden and Malachi. So I like the way this roster is shaping up. I think they could be a really effective group. Now it's just fingers crossed that this whole thing yeah. actually happens. It's set for July 31st, August 2nd at uh, Onondaga Community College. Again, Syracuse will be one of the host sites, but I don't know. We, uh, we can only guess on that for now, but it is a good start for Kevin Belby and the GM, and we'll keep monitoring the Bayheim's Army roster going forward. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Syracuse. Be sure to come back on the show tomorrow and Friday because that's our two-part interview with Hayden Nelson. Really great interview that we recorded just before recording this podcast. A funny guy who had some fun stories from his time kind of growing through the high school ranks talked about the virtual tour a lot and just a lot of interesting stuff to pick up on on his game and how he's trending now as he got that Syracuse offer and beyond so be sure to check that out tomorrow as always you can follow the show on twitter at lo underscore Syracuse and for Tyler I'm Tim we'll talk to you guys tomorrow tomorrow